What if your partner was fighting a years-long drug addiction and refused to get help? On today's case, Mrs. Carpenter says that's exactly what's happening in her marriage. She says she married her husband knowing he was battling demons, but chose to accept him. Now the chaos his addiction has brought into their lives has left her wondering if she's made a lifelong mistake. Let's hear their case. Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Starr presiding. Your Honor, this is the case of Carpenter versus Carpenter. Thank you very much. Mr. and Mrs. Carpenter. Mrs. Carpenter, you say you were aware of your husband's years-long struggles with substance abuse when you married him. However, you're starting to see him slip back into his old behaviors or what you call junky shenanigans. And you don't want to go down that path or that road ever again. You need your husband to take tangible steps to avoid his past behaviors or you're done with this relationship. Yes, Your Honor. And, Mr. Carpenter, you admit, though, that you have been using drugs since you were a preteen. You love the plaintiff, but you say she's a control freak who has no idea what your life experience has actually been. You say that you're 60 days sober. Let me congratulate you, sir, on Thank that. You. And you say that your wife needs to trust and respect you and your decisions on how to handle this addiction. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Why don't we start with you, Mrs. Carpenter? Talk me through this relationship. Your Honor, Trace is a wonderful man. Uh, we've had a good relationship since the very beginning. He's supportive. He's always there for me. But then he has these demons that he fights, and those cause issues in our relationship. We, his addiction has created issues with him pawning items. Things disappear. Money disappears. I don't know where he is. He's also a musician, and he goes on tour, and I won't hear from him for long spans of time. And I need him to take responsibility and show me that this relationship is worth saving. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Carpenter, how do you address that? I'm recently sober, like you said. I'm 60 days into this. My behaviors aren't going to change overnight. To boot, as supportive as she is, she's also very controlling about it. She's in the mental health field, so a lot of times I feel like I'm talking to a therapist mm. instead of my wife, and, and that's an issue. And some of the, the boundaries that are set because of my past with substance abuse, I feel like a child. Uh, so it's hard to be a husband when you are treated like a child is your attitude. Yeah, yeah. I, she needs to understand me more. Mrs. You know? Carpenter, I know that you've known each other for 20 years. You've been married now for only five months. Take me back, if you don't mind, to what attracted you to your husband, especially since you knew that he had an addiction. I have always enjoyed music. I used to book for, for some different places when I was in college, and he was a musician. And we hit it off right away. We dated other people. We did other things. We continued with our life. Um, we kind of grew. But we always remained friends. And so when we were both single a few years ago and Trace asked me out, I had to do a lot of soul searching and I had to really think about whether or not I wanted to move forward knowing his reoccurring issues with mm -hmm. sobriety and addiction, especially since it was heroin and fentanyl, which are two very serious drugs. Very serious drugs. And he was really showing me at that time that he hadn't made the steps that he needed to make changes. I love Trace, and I'm always going to accept him, and I accept that he's an addict. Mr. Carpenter, you say that your wife doesn't understand what you've been through. She saw a whole heck of a lot of it. 
when, when I say that, I mean she doesn't understand what the process of being a drug addict is like, and I don't expect her to, but, but more so what the process of getting sober is like and the steps that I have to take to do that. And it's, it's a lifelong thing for me. It's, it's a lifelong commitment 24 hours at a time. Are you in rehab right now, sir? I went to a detox facility after I overdosed. I'd been in many rehabs prior. Um, I know what works for me because I've had some periods of sobriety here and there. And for me, it's the AA. Um, and that's, that's what I'm involved with. Um, you also say, though, that your wife is controlling. Right, right. Yeah, she, um, she controls everything. She controls um, our money. She can but she needs to control your money. You're an addict. I am an addict. I get that. And okay, but I have to control everything. At one point, he was at this hotel, and his communication in the very beginning was great. I talked to him all the time, and then I got a text from him one night that was, hey, I met this homeless guy on the street corner, and I am bringing him back to my hotel room in order to take a shower. Over a day lapses, I get another text from him that is like, hey, um, I decided to let him sleep here because he had nowhere to go, right? But then the story had completely changed. I had no idea what was going on. So you immediately yeah, so thought, I'm sure, he found a drug partner and somebody, and they're off on a bender together. Of course. I can't even trust him with our things in the house. I can't trust me. him with Christmas presents. I can't trust him with anything. Christmas presents? What do you mean? For Christmas, my son had picked him out this this amazing guitar and wanted to give it to him as a gift but couldn't afford it. So, you know, I, I put in the extra money and then my son worked in order to get all the money together to get this autographed guitar. And we were so excited to give it to him. There was so much emotion surrounding it, like for us and for him. And he was so excited when he opened it. 14 days later, he pawned it. And he lied to me about it. Yeah, I was, I was doing heroin and I pawned the guitar for 200 bucks. It's worth like six grand. I knew that it was worth six grand. So I only got a $200 loan on it. Going, that's something I can get back. But was it's it, not about was the it, money. Was it wrong? Of course it was wrong. Of course it was wrong. But when you're in the middle of your addiction like that, and sorry, it's not easy for me to come up and go, hey, I'm actively using heroin right now. When you hit that point where you are, quote, actively using a drug that you know is damaging to your body, you're not able to say, I need to go to rehab right now. Not, it took me overdosing for me to do that. I had never overdosed before. Right, and he doesn't understand any sort of moderation. He, uh, you know... I'm a drug addict. He had moderation. A... Yeah, but wait Listen, a minute, Mr. There Carpenter. there is moderation me, Mrs. Carpenter, it. one moment. Because you've asked me to help you resolve this. Mr. Carpenter, you don't get to throw back. I'm a drug addict, that's what you got to deal with. I'm a drug addict. That's what you should expect. True. I'm a drug addict. You need to be more supportive. Because guess what? That song That's... has been played over and over again. I agree. Because she has a life also, Mr. Carpenter. Absolutely. And part of getting sober is Being tough love. Her. Tough love. Tough love, sure. Because she has every right to say, you know what, bro? You on your own. I don't want you to overdose again. I know. Talk I don't to me want about this overdose spiral because out of you all have talked about it and it... It's traumatic for me to hear. It was traumatic at the time. You know, he bought a bag of fentanyl. He was driving in my daughter's car down the road, pulled over, and he thought he was going to die. 
Mr. Carpenter, you don't get to throw back. I'm a drug addict. That's what you got to deal with. That song That's... has been played over and over again. I agree. Because she has a life also, Mr. Carpenter. Absolutely. At yeah. some point, she has every right to say you are on your own. Right. And if you really want her to not say that, then you can't use I'm a drug addict as the throwaway line because that's what it's starting to sound like. Well, I know and I'm very understanding like that, that relapse to... happens I know because it's... this is just a fact of life. Relapse is going to happen. It's First thing letting she said it to me, spiral out of right control. Right out of, out, of, out, of, out of detox. Well, relapse is going to happen. I'd like to hear, no, don't go back to using drugs. You can do this. You're doing it, dude, you know? Okay, so, Mr. Carpenter, you're looking, for a cheerle- you're looking for a cheerleader instead of a, quote, Debbie at times, Downer. At times, sure. Okay. And it's not, it's not like I don't support you. It's not like I don't when say When I'm sitting there things. crying about this stuff, yeah, I'm looking for my wife to... At the end of the day, though, I can't do it for you. It is your choice, Grace. I, I know. It is your choice, and I, I don't want you to overdose again. I know. Talk I don't to me want about this overdose because you all have talked about it and it it's traumatic for me to hear. Go ahead. It was traumatic at the time. And so I, did, I can't I, even I didn't even know about it. It was, to go it was more traumatic for him in the moment, I, I suppose, because he was the one that lived it. But, you know, he bought a bag of fentanyl and he thought he was going to die. He was driving in my daughter's car down the road and pulled over and overdosed. Woke up hours later. I don't know how he lives. He thinks it was an act of God yeah, that he lived. I do. Um, he came home and told me that he thinks he needs to go to detox, but he wanted to go months later after he was done recording with his band. And wait, you wait. You, you put detox on hold after an overdose so that you could go be on tour? I thought I should do that. That's a junkie shenanigan. But I Just didn't. So you it is. But I changed, that is a straight junkie I shenanigan. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. He did change his mind a couple of days uh, later, and, and, and I was and very look. proud of him. And then after that, I took the Narcan from the house and put it in the glove boxes of all our cars. Um, we, have, we have three cars. Put it in the glove boxes of all the cars, and I taught the kids how to use it, talked to them about you use the Narcan, you use it this way, these are the directions, and then Mr. you immediately Carpenter. call 911. Your kids are seeing this behavior. Yeah. As I understand it, you um, admit to having started drugs as a young person. I was 12 years old. Let me guess, because you saw it in your surroundings. Yeah, my family. And you watched the spiral of your family because of drug addiction. Yes. And let me guess, again, there were times when there was not enough money because someone had used the family's funds to purchase drugs. Yeah. And let me guess again, there were times when people did so many drugs that they were not able to function. To a degree. You know why you're nodding and bowing your head with an embarrassed look? Because I'm describing you, correct? I mean, I mean... Am I I correct? Yes, ma'am. And you know what that means? If you don't change, you know who else I'm describing? Your children. This breaks my heart because you're raising them in the same environment. That's that's exactly right, Your Honor. And I was just going to say that that felt normal to me. And that's probably why I got into it when I did, because that was normal. Do you want that life for your children? Absolutely not. You know, I've actually asked someone who I I depend on for these kinds of cases come and join us. Robert, if you don't mind, would you please get Mr. Pollican for me? You're not going to be able to complete the process until you do what is necessary to address the things that exist underneath the drug use.
If you'd like your case to be heard on Divorce Court, call us toll-free at 1-877-311-2222 or log on to our website at divorcecourt.com. Missed a show? Watch full episodes on our streaming platforms and follow us on social media for exclusive content. You know, I've actually asked someone who I, I depend on for these kinds of cases um, because they have that expertise. I've asked Avlash Polikin to come here today. Um, he's a licensed counselor with over 10 years of experience in substance abuse, addiction, and socioeconomic inequities. Um, because I understand that all of those things come into play. So I would ask that Ablash come and join us, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. Uh, Robert, if you don't mind, would you please get Mr. Pollican for me? Sure. Step this way. Mr. Pollican, thank you so very much for joining me. You and I have had a discussion about this case, and I really wanted you to come in and help Mr. and Mrs. Carpenter. And I keep hearing that Mrs. Carpenter um, has encouraged rehab. Mr. Carpenter says he's in the detox program and he's 60 days sober. Please explain the difference between rehabilitation and detox. I'd be happy to, Your Honor. The difference is actually quite simple, uh, but it's an important one. Uh, detox is the act of physically healing your body, getting the effects of the drug getting dependence of the drug out of your system so that you can be prepared to make the changes that you need. Rehab, on the other hand, is the process of healing the mind. And you're not going to be able to complete the process until you rehabilitate yourself, until you do what is necessary to address the things that exist underneath the drug use. Because in a lot of ways, drug use is a symptom of something deeper and something greater. Mr. Pelican, how does Mrs. Carpenter need to support Mr. Carpenter? And then what do you suggest Mr. Carpenter needs to do in order to get through this process? That's a good question, Your Honor. So in order to support Mr. Carpenter during the process, there are two things that need to be really important. Uh, one is uh, consistency. So in a lot of ways, when I've worked with people struggling with addiction, uh, one thing that people who are struggling with a drug, who are trying to move away from it, need is connection uh, with a person or with a community. And I think there's a part of you that already works really hard at that. Uh, and the other thing is also boundaries. So it has to be kind of a balance between boundaries, lines that should not be crossed. If those lines are crossed, you know, there should be viable and reasonable consequences. But I think at the same time, there should also be compassion and care. And uh, for Mr. Carpenter, uh, the thing that I'd say is be present, because so much of it is happening inside of you. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time, the thing to also keep in mind is even while you're battling this addiction, even while you're in this struggle, it doesn't absolve you of your responsibilities as a husband. No. And I think part of what's going to keep your marriage healthy is treating yourself and working to make yourself better while also continuing to be aware of what exactly it is that your wife is looking for from you. Thank you so much, Mr. Pelican. I appreciate your insight. I appreciate your comments. I'm going to obviously take them into account as I try to help the Carpenters get through this extremely difficult time in their marriage. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you again. Thank you. You know, as I listen to Mr. Pelican 
talk to the both of you, I know that this is going to be an ongoing struggle. Because, Mrs. Carpenter, you have not said that I am ready to give up on my marriage. You don't feel that way at all, do you? No, I, I love Trace. I want him to make his choices and not the addiction. And, Mr. Carpenter, are you ready to step out on faith and do something that your wife would want you to do, even though you say, I've been down this path before? Yes. What I don't want is 10 years from now to see one of your children sitting here with their partner and hear this repeat of the generations. Because that is the path that you all are going down. Mm -hmm. And, Mrs. Carpenter, at some point, um, you and your family are going to have to say, I have to put us first. Yeah. And I I don't want to have to tell the kids that he's dead. I couldn't imagine having to tell them that he's gone. Mr. Carpenter, you say your wife... Initially, you said she was overreacting because you have your addiction under control, but you don't, sir. I'm a a heart disease survivor. I had open-heart surgery uh, 12 years ago. I wear Uh the scar with a badge of honor. The open-heart surgery saved my life, sort of like detox did for you. Mm -hmm. But my cardiac rehabilitation gave me my life back. I had to learn to trust myself again. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to walk down the street and not be afraid that I would fall and crack my chest open. I know it sounds silly as can be, but that's what I thought after open-heart surgery. You right now have had open-heart surgery. There's a second step, Mm -hmm. and that's called rehabilitation. Yes. I would like to offer you a rehabilitation program that we will take care of the charges because Uh I would like your family to be whole, and I would like your family to have a chance. And I don't want to see another generation of carpenters come into this courtroom. Yeah, thank you, Your Honor. I I gladly accept. Mrs. Carpenter, let your husband heal, be there for him, and keep me informed on how his open-heart surgery (laughs) really works. Robert, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to offer the carpenters a lifeline. I think they really need it. Absolutely. Addiction is a disease. It's so important that you try to clean yourself up to stop that cycle. Mm -hmm. You providing that help for them, hopefully it breaks that cycle. It's important because, you know, I know friends who have grown up in families where addiction was present, and they really do one of two things. They either follow down that addictive path Mm -hmm. or they have a total abhorrence to it. And I don't want to see the carpenters go down that left side of the path. Neither do I. What's going on in that household, they better stop it and they better stop it quick or we're going to see repeat. You're right.